Dad the Man, the guy who's living life the right way by loving and leading his family. World class at his craft and admired by many, but more importantly, he sets the tone for what a great man, husband, and father looks like. That's who Dad the Man is. And the truth is, as men, husbands, and fathers, we experience and struggle with so many of the same things. And it's time we recognize that we're all in this together. So drop your ego at the door and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Dad the Man. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, I am also your guest. That's right. Sorry to disappoint you. No awesome guests today. Just me. I'm going to continue to sprinkle in these solo episodes along the way. And in the spirit of trying to not come across as a complete narcissist as I do so, I will do my best to stick to the things that I have experienced myself and observed in those around me. And of course, I will drop my favorite caveat right here that I reserve the right to change my mind as I learn new information and hear new perspectives. So anyway, today's episode is titled Instagram versus Reality. I think that's a phrase we've all heard, but I hope to bring some additional context and clarity to some experiences that I have had that fit under this, uh, this title. So it's a reflection of my own relationship with social media, as well as some conversations with my wife um, that, we, that we've had recently about you know Instagram and some other platforms. She's actually made the decision to completely cut <clears throat> Instagram off of her phone altogether. Cold turkey, it's gone. I'm sure she'll bring it back at some point, but for now, it's gone. I've done the same thing in the past, um, and I've had a lot of um, success with that. And and just for my own mental health, I've had a lot of um, positive results from that type of experiment. So obviously, you know the the screen time issue is big. You know I'm comfortable saying that most of us, me leading the way, are far more addicted and dependent on social media than we will admit to ourselves or admit to anyone else. You know, like, but what I've realized is an even bigger problem than that, which is a big problem, is this environment of comparison and self judgment and, you know, keeping up and posturing for perfection. You know, and, and all of this is fostered on social media. And this happens at a subconscious level for a lot of us. You know, it's not even a conscious thought, it's subconscious, it's building in the background, and we don't even realize it. And I'm not casting blame or shame on anybody that's on the platform. It's just the nature of the beast, it is what it is. You know, I, I know that this is prevalent at all times during the year, but this game of, of comparison and keeping up became much more obvious to me this holiday season. And it's something that I've always been very sensitive to, but even I, you know, I, I caught myself slipping in and I caught myself comparing myself against other people on social media. And, you know, if you know me or, you know, you've been listening to the show or you've ever spent any time around me, you know that I'm far from perfect. You know, I know I've got a lot of shortcomings and blind spots, whatever, but I do take a ton of pride in my roles as a husband and a dad, and I like to think I'm at least decent at it. And at the very least, the very least, I'm trying to get better in those roles. But this holiday season, like I said, I started catching myself in this comparison game, me versus what I saw on Instagram, Instagram versus reality. And it was always the little things, nothing big. But I, I noticed myself every time I got off the app or shut off my phone, I started feeling anxious and I started feeling like, oh man, I got to go do this. Oh man, I got to do that. Oh, you know, I was just, I was getting swept up in <clears throat> a lot of negative emotion. You know, whether it was seeing someone, you know, take his wife on a nice holiday vacation, enjoying some nice food and wine, 
Meanwhile, you know, Leslie's picking up extra shifts here and there everywhere that she can every single week. You know, and we're pouring every extra dollar that we've got just to pay off Santa Claus's credit card bill this year. Or maybe we're seeing someone else's three-year-old, you know, tying his own shoes, looking like a functioning human and contributing member of society, while mine, I kid you not, is dropping his pants and, you know, literally took a shit in the middle of my living room floor just a few days ago. And then these these thoughts start to build in the back of our mind, right? So like, man, I'm not doing enough as a husband since I can't spoil Leslie like that. Or, oh man, I'm not providing enough. Or, God, I must, just, I must be a terrible dad. I can't even potty train my own son. What's wrong with me? And like I said, these aren't intentional thoughts. But our mind's always running. The subconscious is always rolling. And this is how our subconscious is wired to work. With our subconscious, everything is relative, and Instagram has unfortunately become the point of relativity that our brain uses. And the reason that that is a problem is because Instagram isn't real. A picture may be worth a thousand words, but it isn't worth a dime of context. And I'm not trying to say that people are full of it or whatever, but I am trying to say that everyone has their own stuff going on, and that is never going to be what we see on Instagram. It just isn't. The reality is there are people who would kill for the life that I have right now. And I'm failing to be grateful for that. And playing this silly comparison game of, you know, me scrolling through social media and feeling this anxiety and doing the whole thing, I'm failing to be grateful for a life that millions of people would literally kill for. And it's embarrassing to me to to admit that, to, to admit that I've caught myself in these thoughts as recently as I have. But I think we all do it from time to time. Some of us more than others. And and the scary thing is we often don't, we don't even recognize it. And I didn't. And it really wasn't until Christmas Eve this year that I had this revelation of a very simple truth. Our church service, you know, it, it was the perfect illustration of this. It was, it was awesome. <clears throat> so I'll paint the picture for you. It's Christmas Eve. So of course we all load up, we go to church and it doesn't matter, you know, on Christmas Eve, if you went to church every single Sunday that year or no Sundays at all, you know, whether you want to be there or not, no one wants to be the family missing, you know, from church on Christmas Eve. So church is packed. It's a full house. Everyone's walking in, greeting one another, you know, making small talk and shuffling to their seats, trying to corral their kids in the right direction. Everyone sits down, you know, everyone's dressed their best, all dolled up. Kids are in these outfits that probably cost 70, 75 bucks and you know, they're going to be outgrown before Easter even rolls around. And that's even if it survives the inevitable ketchup stains from dinner that night. But the pressure's on to look presentable in front of everyone and get the perfect family photo to post on Instagram. Pressure's on. So anyway, <clears throat> the service starts at 4 p.m. The lights dim, the room quiets down, and the pastor walks out on stage. And he begins to speak and he welcomes and thanks everyone for coming in to celebrate the birth of Jesus together in the Christmas Eve service. And he maybe gets through 90 seconds, maybe, before the first child in the congregation starts to cry. And it's a, like I said, it's a packed house. And because crying is apparently super contagious with little kids, another kid begins to cry. And another. But the pastor carries on. And as he goes, a very gradual yet steady crescendo of cries, laughter, hustling, bustling, talking, and even yelling of children in the congregation continues steadily throughout the service. And as as 
as this is unfolding in front of me, as I'm sitting here, you know, with, with my wife and my kids and, and my in-laws and, and, you know, we're all, we're having a great time. And I just, I realized that this is a perfect opportunity to do one of my favorite things. And that is to people watch. I love to look around and observe what's really going on with people. And I looked around and what I saw was a lot of embarrassed parents. I saw them shoving, you know, sugary snacks into the mouths of their kids just to keep them quiet and just to avoid that public embarrassment just long enough for the kids to chew, you know, which of course only exaggerated the the blood sugar roller coaster that these kids were already riding at that time. You know, moms are shushing, dads are scolding at the lowest volume possible. Everyone's stressed and embarrassed and no one was even hearing the sermon. Like forget it. And as I looked around the room, you know, admittedly, admittedly daydreaming just a little bit, <clears throat> I'm snapped out of my own days by my youngest, the one who I mentioned, um, you know, pooped on the floor earlier. You know, he's got on his, his new shoes that he got for Christmas. There's little dinosaur shoes and they light up with every step. Um, and he didn't leave his seat. He was quiet. Um, but he was relentlessly kicking the back of the pew in front of us just to see his shoes light up. So, you know, with the lights dimmed. Our, our pew had its own light show going on. The guy in front of us probably had a concussion by the end of the sermon. And like, you know, by the end of the sermon, the pew's everywhere. It's just kind of a zoo. Parents are stressed and embarrassed, and the kids are just ready to blow. So we all say amen, and we get the heck out of there. So that night, Christmas Eve, after playing Santa and having a glass of wine with my wife and, and hanging out a little bit, I open up Instagram. And as I scroll... I realized that my feed was full of these beautiful, perfectly filtered, well-lit family photos. All the kids are looking at the camera smiling, the, the dogs looking at the camera smiling, whatever. And many of them are standing outside their churches that day in these pictures. And as I scrolled, I, I was struck by the contrast between these photos that I'm seeing on Instagram and the reality of my church experience that day, uh, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly say was, uh, was blissful by any means. I, you know, we had a great time and it was a great, it was great to get out there. It was great to be at church. It was great to have the kids at church, but it wasn't peaceful. That was not the word, but looking at Instagram, looking at what my reality was, one is bliss and the others, honestly, it's chaos. It's Instagram versus reality. And, and at first, I tried to figure out how all these families that I'm seeing on Instagram could possibly have their stuff together so well that they could have this totally different, blissful, easy, magical experience and walk away with the perfect family photo, right? As if that photo that, that they got is actually a representation of everything that happened, which not the case. And then, as I went to post a beautiful photo of my family, I realized ah, everyone else doesn't have it all figured out, at least not to the extent that my mind is subconsciously leading to leading me to believe that they do. Now, these people did, however, like me, just like me, capture a beautiful photo of their family that if you only looked at that, you'd think that everything was perfect and easy and blissful. But you know what our brain does in seeing that picture is attach that as the point of relativity against which we judge ourselves. And it perpetuates it so that we judge ourselves in our worst moments against their best. So I'm subconsciously judging, you know, my three-year-old pooping on the floor, kicking the guy in front of us against everyone else, you know, their perfect little photos on Instagram. And that's not fair because that's not real. We completely fail 
to compute that the family that we're seeing on Instagram also has their own problems and struggles that it deals with as a family that just simply aren't going to be shown on Instagram. They're just not part of that one frozen millisecond in time that gets shown on your Instagram feed. But we think, right? Like our subconscious starts to run and we think, oh man, they've got it all figured out. Or he's the coolest dad. She's the perfect mom. Her kids know all the words. Her kids know the words, you know, every, every church song, every hymn. But here's the funny thing. You and I both know damn well that so many of these, you know, perfect photos were taken by families that just had the exact same experience that I had. And not shown in the frame is grandma dancing behind the camera with donuts, bribing the kids to smile. You know, dad's thinking about setting his fantasy football lineup. Mom is just ashamed and embarrassed by her kids' public behavior just a moment ago. You know, the kids are headed towards another meltdown as their blood sugar falls from the sky. And as long as we can just get through this picture, everything's going to be great. And this is the gap between Instagram and reality. So yeah, I mean, we joke about Instagram versus reality all the time, right? Like we see the funny pictures of like the recipe of like, hey, here's what I saw on, on TikTok or on Pinterest or whatever it is. And here's how it turned out for me. But I, it, it, it warrants more credit than that. I think we fail to recognize the significance of that delta between Instagram and reality and how our brain actually interprets it. So like I said before, Instagram is bliss. Reality is chaos. But you know what? Chaos is full of beautiful moments. The ups and downs create a contrast that is a prerequisite for everything wonderful in our lives. But bliss, and bliss is a myth. It's a mirage, and it's an ideal that doesn't exist in reality. And nor should it, because that would be a painfully dull life. And most importantly, it's the wrong bar to compare ourselves to. And I say that because even the best kids... Even the best behaved kid is going to have a meltdown in church from time to time. And even the perfect parent, the best parent in the world, isn't going to know how to make it stop. So give yourself some grace. Also worth considering, since we all have our own shit that we're trying to handle, we're all way too busy with our own situation to be busy judging other people, right? So inherently, if that is true, and everyone's dealing with similar circumstances, inherently the people that we compare ourselves to and are worried, maybe judging us, are way too busy with their own shit to be worrying about how bad our kids are behaving. And you know what? If they want to throw stones from a glass house, then let them and move on. Who cares? So I say all of this for a couple reasons. One, to encourage all of us to stop comparing ourselves to the people on Instagram. And if you think that you are not doing this, then I'll challenge you to pay attention next time you scroll and make sure that that's the case. And if you really don't think that you're doing this, I want to challenge you again to really consider how you feel when you're done scrolling on Instagram. Do you feel energized? Do you feel positive? Do you feel uplifted? I doubt it. I would I would say that more often than not, most of us probably have feelings, negative emotions and feeling anxious and feeling worrisome and feeling lesser than. And if you feel those things, if you feel that anxiety, those negative emotions, then I would make the argument that there's a strong case that that is rooted in the comparison of yourself to someone else, even if it's at a subconscious level. So just pay attention to it. It's worth considering. And two, I want to encourage all of us to give ourselves some grace. You know, this, these negative emotions that I just mentioned that we feel after, you know, walking away from social media, 
you know, it's coming from that comparison of ourselves to an ideal that, as I outlined before, does not exist. It isn't real. Perfection on earth isn't real. And like I said before, thank God it isn't. And now I'm not telling you to lower the bar for yourself. I'm not telling you to lower your standards. But don't be shy to, you know, give yourself some grace along the way. So, takeaway from today, do me a huge favor. Put away your cell phone. Enjoy some quality, focused time with your family because that's all they want from you anyway. So with all that being said, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I cannot wait to turn the quarter into 2022. I wish everyone you know, a great holiday season. I'll see you in 2022. Happy New Year. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.